and welcome to another OASBO podcast episode. My name is Callie Wells, Director of Marketing and Communications. Thank you for tuning in this week. This week, we're featuring a segment from a webinar on the bus driver shortage in schools. But first, a few reminders. Applications for this year's Leadership Institute are now open and due June 30th. Be sure to get your application in for this engaging and interactive three-month fully online leadership masterclass. Learn more and download the application at oasbo-ohio.org. Are you interested in becoming a school treasurer, or do you know someone who's interested? We have a seminar coming up June 8th that walks attendees through what it's like to be a school treasurer. You can register for the So You Want to Be a School Treasurer seminar at learn.oasbo-ohio.org. Lastly, OASBO has a weekly jobs email that you can subscribe to and get all the latest school business job posts directly in your inbox. You can subscribe at oasbo-ohio.org careers slash job seeker. Next up, we have an update from OASBO's Executive Director, Jim Rowan. Now that the 66th Annual Conference and Expo has come to a close, It is time for us to get busy planning next year's conference, as well as our professional development calendar for the 2022-23 school year. On Thursday, May 5th, the Annual Conference and Expo Committee will meet to reflect on the conference survey and begin making plans for the 67th Annual Conference and Expo to be held Tuesday, April 18th through Friday, April 21st, 2023. If you are interested in signing up for the conference committee, please email mary at oasbo-ohio.org. Immediately following the conference committee debrief on May 5th, the Professional Development Committee will get together to begin planning the professional development calendar for the 2022-23 year. In 2023, we will be bringing back our regional accounts payable and purchasing seminar to be held in September regional school finance seminars to be held in October, and payroll and benefits to be held in late February, early March. The central offering for all three regional seminars will include a virtual option for those not able to attend in person. The committee will also be brainstorming content for these regional seminars, as well as content for the fall and winter hot topic seminars, as well as our monthly webinars and quarterly leadership webinars. New for 2023 will be the Essentials of Leadership, as well as content associated with the new Essentials of Facilities Management course. Looking towards the summer of calendar year 2023, we will be working with a subcommittee of the Professional Development Committee to create a summer Treasurer's Office Support Staff Conference, including a call for presentations. More to come on this future conference. We will begin launching our membership drive for FY23 in the coming days. Just a reminder that all professional members receive two free associate memberships. In addition, the cost of an associate membership has dropped from $100 to $50 for those that have more than two interested in membership. In addition, professional associate members will have access to free monthly webinars, free quarterly leadership webinars, along with the following four free seminars. EMAS, Student Activities, Grants Management, and Business Operations Hot Topics. These free webinars and seminars are being included as part of your membership benefit. If you have interest in serving on the Professional Development Committee 
or if you're an associate member and you are interested in serving on the subcommittee that will begin working on the Treasurer's Office Support Staff Conference to be held in the summer of calendar year 2023, please contact Mary at oasbo-ohio.org so we can get you added to the committee. Thanks again for all that you do for OASBO. The school bus driver shortage is a major challenge for school districts across the nation. How do you attract the right people to the right position? How can you offer enough hours to make it worth an employee's time? Are your rates and benefits competitive? Do you offer paid training? Once you hire a bus driver, how do you retain them? To finish out this episode, we have a portion of a webinar on the school bus driver shortage. In this segment, you'll hear from David Oglesby, Assistant Transportation Supervisor at Kettering City Schools, and the Ohio Association of Pupil Transportation's second vice president. He'll be discussing the results of a comprehensive survey conducted by OAPT of nearly 300 school districts from across the state on the school bus driver shortage. You'll also hear the webinar moderator, OASBO's COO, Kim Lowry. Take a listen. We being, a, when I say we, I'm gonna be talking about OAPT at this point. So we sent out a survey um, to every supervisor, assistant supervisor, director, uh, and not only just, not only from our membership, but we tried to get everybody throughout the state. So that's six, over 600 emails went out with this survey. And we have received almost 50% back. To me, that's, that's astounding. Um, and, and again, like I said earlier, that also says that we're in dire need of a solution. Um, so it, we, it's broken down from the, from the regions, um, you know, and that just that's just helping us so we can reach out individually later on if we need to to a certain region, and we can get our director, our region directors' um, information so they can help as well. Um, first thing we asked was how many routes are you covering? Um, you know, you see a very small piece right here. Uh, and that's pretty much, we're talking about our big districts, uh, Columbus city, Cincinnati public, Dayton, uh, Toledo, th those type, what we typically call the big eight, um, in our industry. Um, but what kind of surprises me with this is, um, what you're going to see, a lot of these responses are coming from districts that only have 20 or less routes. So, um, so kind of, you know, that gives you an idea of, of what size districts we're really talking to here. Um, how many bus aids do you guys require? Um, you know, uh, I can scroll through that. There's several, several hundred responses anywhere from none at all to as many as 80 bus aides needed in their district. I know in our district here, we require, we have the need of 40 bus aides on a daily basis. And we asked that question because um, do bus aid absences contribute to the driver shortage? And, and you can see the numbers, you know, the percentage of yes, percentage of no, 
but that's still a big chunk of that 25.2% is still a huge chunk uh, of people that say, yeah, bus aids are, um, are part of the problem. And what that does is that sometimes with I require a bus aid, we have to pull a driver sometimes to be that bus aid. Um, here in our district, we've been fortunate to where we have uh, mechanics help out, office staff help out, and we've even reached out to a central office and we've had uh, some support staff over there come and help us as well. Um, so on a scale of one to 10, how would you describe your driver shortage in your district? With one being no issues to 10 in desperate need. It's a pretty, sorry. Um, It's pretty high, folks. I mean, um, to see these numbers right here, um, you know, up to 78 um, people that said, yeah, it's a it's a major issue and we are in desperate need of drivers. Um, so, I mean, majority of it's up here. Um, about a year or so ago was the first time in my tw almost 21 years in this dis in in this business have I ever heard of another district having to cancel a route due to driver shortage. Um, I am extremely alarmed to see that that 75% number that they've never had to do that. Uh, I think that's great. That's wonderful, and I'm so happy to see that. Um, unfortunately, it's hit our district pretty hard especially at the end of last year. Um, not so much this year, but the big number, and it's small percentage, but this number right here, uh, we've got districts, 11 districts, that are having to cancel routes every single day. Um, and what we have to think about, not only as transportation, but as a district, how are these kids getting to school? How are they getting their education? How are they getting their meals? We've got kids that will, their only meals are at school when they get their breakfast or when they get their lunch. So again, another reason why we're doing what we're doing here with this survey. In your opinion, what do you feel is a factor in a candidate's decision not to hire on, <clears throat> not to hire on as a bus driver? Select all that applies. So, we're asking this, what do you think these people that you've interviewed, that you've recruited to come in, why are they not taking the job? Why are they not going forward um, with their training and whatnot? Said 63.7%, 212 out of 333 districts are saying it's pay. It, we all know that it's a part-time job. Um, but that doesn't mean, in my opinion, we ha it has to be part-time pay. Um, another, uh, the next big is the hours. So with some of the discussion that we've had as a panel, um, one thing that we've talked about as, um, yeah, as far as hours, you know, districts, do you, do you guarantee so many hours a day? If not, why don't you? Um, another thing is say they guarantee four hours a day or four and a half hours a day. 
um, because they don't have middays anymore because they've gone to all day kindergarten, stuff like that. Um, you know, Doug Palmer mentioned in our, in, in our many discussions is to maybe combine some jobs in the districts. So it's coming to thinking outside of the box. So that would take this number, you know, the 52%, that would drop that quite a bit. If you could combine, you drive in the morning, then you go work in the cafeteria, then you come back and drive, or you work on the playground, that type of, that type of thing is what, is what I'm talking about. Um, benefits, benefits are huge anymore. Um, one of the first things when I have an applicant, applicant sitting across from me is, how many hours do you need a week and do you need the benefits? Um, so, and I ask that right off the bat because I don't wanna waste their time. I don't wanna waste ours as well. Uh, <clears throat> this, this number right here, um, you know, you hear anywhere, you know, COVID's destroying this, destroying that. That right there is alarming, to, is shocking, really. I honestly, when we sent this survey out, I thought that would be a lot higher, but it's less than 1% that's contributing to, uh, to people not wanting to come in. Uh, let's go on down. What is your starting raise for sub drivers? Um, so, this number right here is, it, it all comes down to with wages period, whether it's a sub driver or if you've got a contracted or full-time driver, whatever you call them in your district. Um, you've got to look, we also have to look at demographic, what kind of community uh, as far, is it big? Is it a big rural district or is it more urban? Um, you know, so those are some things we need to look at. And I think, you know, the size of the district? Is it just 20 routes? And if you remember earlier, uh, the large number of how many routes were the 20 and under? And I would probably, if I had to guess, this number right here uh, would go right along with that number of 20 or less routes. So it, that to me is a smaller district. So starting wages for uh, for regular bus drivers, um, the forty-five percent that you see, uh, you know, with talking to other supervisors or business officials in the districts, that's about, you know, and it shows here that's about average. Um, but really, I think this is where we're seeing things going as well as bumping up to that. That's definitely a wide range. Yes, it is for sure. Your sub drivers drive field trips. This to me right here, that 70%, almost 79% is wonderful. Um, and I see, and I say that for many reasons. And a lot of times your bargaining units uh, keep you from doing that. And I get that. Um, but this helps retain some of your um, sub drivers, give them the opportunity to do more. Um, and, and that all comes down to, to district policy as well. But it's great to see that number that high because that's helping retain some of those subs, especially the ones that have just started. Do you offer benefits to your drivers? Um, 
this is a big number as well. I, I, you know, even though that percentage is small, that's big to me because even though it's a part-time job, some of these people are looking for um, flexibility. And with our job, with what we do in our in industry, with it being, you know, just an AM and then a PM, that gives people the opportunity to maybe get a second job uh, and work through the summer, um, but they still need to get those benefits to, to take care of their family if needed. Um, this was a wide range. Some put um, maybe, you know, a day or weekly total, which, which was totally fine. We didn't specify. Um, it, and most, most of the answers that I looked through uh, was anywhere the biggest most was six six and a half uh, hours a day um, up to 30 30 hours a week uh, were some of the biggest um, numbers that I saw do you offer paid CDL training I know we do here in our district um, I've been at districts where it has not and you do you interview people and they walk right out and go to the uh, neighboring district because they pay for CDL training. Um, CDL training is not easy. Uh, not everybody can do what we do, okay? Um, if I had one recommendation is what I'd love to see is that 37.5% much, much, much lower than what it is. Can you offer some insight as to how much CDL training costs and what time um, involved in getting CDL training? So it takes, on average, what I see and what I've seen in past, um, it can take up to 20, 30 hours average, okay, um, to, to complete the actual training. Um, and then most districts, when they do paid training, they pay those trainees at the sub-driver rate, okay? Um, and do they so pay for the CDL course itself? How, do you know how much that is? Uh, off the top of my head, I'll put you on the spot, but no, that's okay. That's all right. Um, I don't I forget how much it is. It's it's changed over the years. I don't remember exactly how much that costs now. Um, but it's you know it, here in our district, we do pay or reimburse uh, for that test as well. Um, so, but, you know, one thing I think to, to, to keep your applicants is to, is to pay for that training. It entices, it gives them a reason to stay. So we do have a couple of comments. Um, yes. one says it's about $420 to get the entire items. And others are saying 85 for a CDL training class. So what I understand, what I hear you saying, David, is that this could be um, a barrier that you think would be important to remove, um, sort of a barrier to entry into being a bus driver. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Um, so some of the, the prices that I'm looking at, um, the $85, I believe, is for the pre-service class. Um, and so Kevin Roberts puts it's about four hundred twenty dollars for everything. 
And if I had to guess myself, I would say between four and $500 per training, um, you know, and that's without factoring in you're paying for your training for your trainers or onboard instructors as well. You're paying their wages um, while they're training. So that's also another factor as well. Uh, does your district pay or reimburse for any of the following? Um, I have seen uh, this number go up at background checks. Um, one thing that I have found out in, in past and when I first came here was, you know, background checks are $47.25. And when I tell them, you know, an applicant right off the bat, this is out of pocket. Um, and then I'll call and check in maybe a week later and ask, um, you know, our representative that does the background checks for us in our district, oh, well, they never showed up. And then I try to follow up with that applicant uh, and um, either I don't get a call back or if I do, or if I do contact them, they're saying, I just don't have that out of pocket right now. Um, a lot of folks that are coming in, they know it's a part-time job and they also, they're looking for that job um, and may not have the, the cash um, to be able to pay for that. Um, we met in our district back in the spring and kind of brainstormed what can help us here in our district. And that was one of them. And we pay for background checks now. And I have seen a major increase of people um, actually follow through with it. Um, you know, and typically the ones that don't follow through are the ones that probably know they won't pass the background check. And that, that's just from our standpoint here at our district. Um, big number here, and I, I'm glad to see this for the T8 physical uh, and the pre-employment drug and alcohol, um, that districts are paying for that. Uh, same with the CDL test and pre-service class. Um, a lot of folks don't pay for the permit up, up front, which I would agree with because uh, they may get their permit and then not finish training. And that's money out of the district's pocket. Um, but what we do is we do reimburse once they have passed their CDL test and they actually have their CDL license. That way um, we know they're, they're committed and they wanna stay and work for our district. And that's the same with the CDL license. We reimburse after they passed, obviously. Um, are you having issues with uh, delayed background checks? Um, almost split, um, you know, down the middle here. And sometimes I think um, what what can help uh, with retaining that applicant is be upfront with them right off the bat. Say, hey, you know. It's an FBI and it's a state background check. We're working with children. We dig deep. Um, if there's anything, you know, that you, you don't have to just tell me what it is, but let me know if you if you think you can't get through this. Um, and 
also let them know too that if something does come up, then it can take four to six weeks before we get any results back. Um, and that, that's been discouraging for people in the past when they've waited and waited and waited for that. Um, and they will say, well, I have nothing. Well, sometimes a common name can also kick that flag. Uh, Carrie Conceal can kick that flag as well. Um, common name, when I say that, I mean like Susan Smith. She was one of my, uh, a lady I worked with years ago. Her name was Susan Smith. And with what we did in our company, we had to background check every single year. Well, we knew we'd get her started first before the deadline because we knew it was going to take forever to get hers back. So it's things like that. Um, but it's, it's good to see that most of this is no, they don't have that issue. So do you have any other thoughts about the delayed background checks? Is this something that, I mean, because 37%, if you scrolled up a little, does seem to be kind of uh, high. Is, is this higher than normal, do you think? Or any other reason why this may have slowed slowing down maybe does this have anything to do with covid you know i know that um i've gotten reports or folks have said even uh the people that even those that do the background checks for us here um that there there's been a backlog at um at the attorney general's office um be, and their answer is due to is due to covid because you know, they were probably as, as like most of us, they were a skeleton crew. So there weren't that many people reviewing the stuff. I don't know how their process is in that office, um, but I have heard that it, it's been backlog. So I, but that hasn't been recent. That's been about a month or so ago. But even, you know, and I wonder too myself, um, you know, if it's in-house, if the district does it in-house like we do, or do they, you know, a district I've worked for, they would send them to the sheriff's department uh, to get it done or ESC. Um, and maybe it's just a delay to from, from that department to our department or from, you know, sheriff's office to the district office. So I, I think a lot of factors could be in that, Kim. Um, we have gotten a couple of comments from the chat that a recent call to the attorney general's office indicated there is a 60 day delay and someone else commented that they've received information that they have also changed the software at the attorney general's office. Um, and a third person says their local sheriff's office is also experiencing the delays. So it sounds kind of like a waterfall effect through a variety yeah. of factors. Okay. Right. All right. Yeah. Great. Okay. Thank you. Um, are you having any issues with getting new hires or recertifications into pre-service classes? Um, love seeing that 75, almost 75% now. Um, I do hear in conversations with, with colleagues throughout the state, you know, we have a hard time getting into pre-service classes. Uh, I have heard it. I've never experienced that myself until COVID hit. And I think COVID has had a huge huge impact on that um, because of having to distance ourselves. Uh, they weren't able to have classes for a very long time. Uh, they were doing some stuff online, uh, a training online as well, which I've heard might be coming back. Um, 
here real soon, um, which will help, I think, especially for our recertifications because they don't have to go uh, to the full uh, pre-service class when they recertify. So hopefully that 25% will see um, definitely see come down real soon. Do you offer paid sick or personal leave? Almost 100% said yes. Um, this is one thing that I know I'll dig deeper into, uh, you know, from our survey, it's 10 different districts, so it uh, shouldn't be, you know, too hard to dig, but um, it's definitely I want to dig into and see if we can help them out, you know, figure something out. Do you feel that employees abuse sick leave? This is huge because you hear in our conversations and, you know, throughout the state and with colleagues, we always feel that we're abusing sick leave and it's out there. Um, and this is another thing uh, that I think we will be sending out something um, after, maybe in another week or so to get some more feedback on this particular subject. Because I, I, for me, I would want to know, uh, number one, why do you feel that way? Okay, is it per individuals that your, you know, your driver staff completely? Um, are there repercussions for their sick leave? Do are there or being disciplined? I mean, um, you know, there's just a lot of stuff with that. I think we can work out and help each other out and find out, you know, what can we do to reduce that 61%. Do you feel sick leave creates your driver shortage issue? Um, that 46% of no shocked me. I thought that would be much lower. Um, I know with, with us, uh, and we're getting there, we're getting better with it, um, but I would say we would be in that 53% range. Um, along, you know, here in our district. Um, so um, I think once we dig further into the, the abuse of the sick leave, okay, um, I think we can answer this question a lot better. Find out, you know, okay, is it really creating that issue or is it not? So the, those last two questions there, I think will go hand in hand. And when we send something else out, we'll, we'll get some more answers on that and hopefully dig down and, and get a solution for that piece. <clears throat> so this next section folks is merely, or is mainly um, related strictly to the pandemic. Uh, we wanted to find out you know, how the pandemic and how COVID has affected us as, as districts. So since the start of the pandemic in March of 2020, rank your driver shortage issue compared to before the pandemic. 21% um, said unchanged, um, which is good. And I wish we could all say that, but, you know, these two numbers are, Pretty, pretty close. Um, and it's obvious that, you know, COVID has not only changed other parts of our lives, but it's also affecting our jobs and, and getting people in here to, to help us. 
Do you feel that staff mask requirements play a role in this? Um, I know in our district, uh, we hear complaints all the time. I'm sure I'm one of them sometimes. None of us like to wear the mask. It, it, that is what it is, but it also is what it is. We have to wear them. Um, you know, I'd like to dig a little deeper on something like this as well. Um, you know, to find out what their policies are. Um, there, there's a lot of questions with this I, I'd like to ask and, and see what we can do with. Do you feel that students not complying with mask orders play a role in drivers not wanting to drive anymore? So I thought about this question um, actually a lot this morning. And, you know, basically, where would, you know, where would this play in? Um, and I would say that those that say yes are probably, you know, our, our drivers or our staff members that are a little older or those that have some underlying medical issues that, that they know that contracting COVID is really going to affect them. And... Uh, and that kind of actually plays right into our next question. Has staff retired since the start of the pandemic due to concerns over contracting COVID? Um, over 50% have said no, but even that 45% uh, that have said yes, that's, that's big. Um, you know, and that kind of supports what I was just saying too. I would like to know, you know, and I don't know if, with HIPAA and that if I can find this out, but I would like to know, is there a certain age group? Is there a certain thing, you know, of health risk and, and, and what are the reasons? Why are you really quitting because of COVID? What, you know, so, or retiring. Do you feel staff age plays a role in the decision to retire over COVID concerns? Um, You know, it's with that 61% yes, you know, that kind of answers some of the questions I have, have as well with that. So, uh, all right. Uh, what avenues have you explored for recruiting? I've heard so many things with talking to other people. Uh, and what I do may not work for what a neighboring district or a district, you know, that's two hours away from me everybody's got to find their niche and all we can do is hey here's what's working for us try it see if it works for you um really the word of mouth i i've only had a couple here in our office that say hey somebody told me to come in and get an app you know and and that but that that to me is a cool number i, I think that's great that means that your drivers are passionate about what they do because of the kids and they, they put it out there that, hey, I love my job, or hey, won't you come drive a bus with me? Um, that's a positive to me. Um, so uh, district advertising, I know working, one suggestion that I have for any driver, any anybody, not driver, but supervisors and that out there, get with your PR person in your district because that has worked for us a ton because they control the social media. Uh, they control the media portion of it, period. Um, you know, get with them and work with them. Um, 
because that's helped us a ton as well. Uh, the lowest one that you see there, uh, the area consortium. If you're looking for brand new drivers, you're not going to you're not going to find them on the consortium. They are not going to go to the consortium because more than likely they don't know anything about the consortium. Uh, I see districts advertise on there uh, quite a bit. Um, I've done it in the past, and to be quite honest, it's a waste of time for for a new transportation person, somebody that's never worked in the district, or somebody that's not gone to to school to be a teacher or administrator, they don't know about the consortiums. They're great for, you know, for administration, they're great for teachers and that sort of thing. Um, but a lot of your support staff, you don't get as many from that. At least that's been my experience. Uh, banners, school news, letters, again, get with your PR uh, person, especially about the, the school news and letters. Um, here in Kettering, uh, we just had a group that there was a big festival here in town uh, I think about two weeks ago, and they took a bus. We have a buster bus, and they just love getting out there. And that helps that, you know, that draws attention to what we do. And we know, hey, come work with us. Come check us out. And we had a few applicants come in and say, we saw the bus and the parade. We know you're hurting for drivers. What can we do? So to me, that was that was pretty awesome. That wraps up this episode of the OASBO podcast. If you'd like to watch the full school bus driver shortage webinar, you can find it in the course catalog at learn.oasbo-ohio.org. We hope you'll tune in for the next episode and subscribe so you can get episodes as soon as they're available. Until next time, please connect with us on OASBO's online community, Collaborate, at collaborate.oasbo-ohio.org.